Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, February 9th. We are here live. It's a free-for-all. We have no guests today. We have no theme today. I don't have much uh, to open with. I, uh, I did a commentary this week, so that should be released here in the next day or two. So I covered a lot of the... Uh, extra stuff on the commentary. So today is really all about you. The phone lines are wide open right now. I'm just going to sit here and wait for your calls and questions. 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. Uh, I do have a couple announcements while we're waiting for some calls to come in. Um, Don't forget Uh, Get registered for Dr. Wolfson's um, virtual summit, Your Path to the 100-Year Heart. This is a really good deal. You know, in the past, we've done things like the stack where we got together with several other practitioners and we put all of our material together and we offer it at a really great price. This is similar to a stack, except it's a live summit. But again, over 30 practitioners involved in this and you can watch the live event. It's seven days long and it's six speakers every day. You can watch that completely free. All you have to do is go register for it. Now, if you miss parts of it, you can't see it because you're working, driving, whatever, there is an option to buy material as well. So that's totally up to you right now. I just want to get you registered. Let's, uh, let's get that done. That doesn't cost you anything. We made it really easy. It's going to be great material. There's really good speakers in there. Um, Dr. Wolfson's got a ton of great material. Go to the website, our website, letstruck.com. You'll see the button right there at the very top. Can't miss it. Click on it. Register. Won't cost you a thing. Um, I want to make sure we are the number one referrer for that program. When we bring, you know, a lot of people to things like this, to events, to products, services, whatever it might be, that helps strengthen our relationships. And then we can go out and create bigger and better and more relationships. And it's good for all of us. So help us out on this one. Go to letstruck.com and get registered. Uh, I am a little competitive. I want to be number one on this one. So help me out. Let's go to Ohio. Jeff, welcome to the program. Oh, my system's a little slow to pick up today. There we go. Jeffrey there. I, I gotcha. All right. Yes, I am. What's on your mind today? Well, I've listened to you for, let's say, months, a year or more, on and off, and I was like, my health, I'm 53 years old. I feel like I'm bloated constantly. And one of the things I heard you talk about was dairy. I cut dairy out a week ago, and I've noticed, to me, a difference. Yeah, I'll bet you will. How I, feel. I don't know if that's, and it's like, it's crazy because as a kid, they cram it down your throat, <laughs> drink milk, all milk make, makes you do this, makes you do it, that. But as you get older, it's like, oh my God, I feel like a big old fat yeah, guy that, so, you know, can't do anything. Boy, I could talk the rest of the day on this one topic alone. So I, I, 
I don't want to confuse people, but we have kind of mixed messages about dairy. So let's just go back and start at the beginning. We really believe that you should be eating food that we ate as hunter-gatherers and nothing else. I mean, that's our basic premise. That's how we will be healthy and strong and fit and live long and be happy and not need a bunch of drugs and pharmaceuticals and have a good, strong immune system. All of those things come when you eat foods that we ate as hunter-gatherers because that's what we evolved on. It's not even that tricky to figure out why. Well, dairy doesn't fit into that category. As hunter-gatherers, we did not chase down ungulates and pull on their tits to get milk. We, we didn't do that. So we never consumed dairy. Now, we consumed our mother's milk, and it's, it's very, very similar. It has lactose, and it's interesting that the human body has the enzyme to break down lactose when it's a baby. It, it, it needs it. It's going to be drinking its mother's milk. But we lose that enzyme over time. Humans did because we, as hunter-gatherers, we would not have kept consuming dairy. So we lose that gene. But what's happened over centuries or more, I mean, we've been consuming dairy for over 10,000 years. And some people have actually adapted to it. They, they maintain that, that enzyme into adulthood to break down lactose. That's just one issue with dairy. Now, we do know that it can be very nutritious, it, it, it not not the garbage dairy that we have. That's a big part of the problem. We take milk from cows that are sick. They're not raised properly. They're not eating the right diet. They're they're sick, and we pump them full of chemicals and and antibiotics to try to keep them alive. And then we take that milk that's already compromised, and we tell people the fat's bad for you, so you should drink one percent or or uh, fat-free, awful, horrible, never drink anything less than whole milk. If you're going to drink milk, it should be whole milk, half and half, or heavy cream. Nothing less than that. Now, the dairy is compromised already, and then we pasteurize it at high temperatures because we don't want to take our time and do this. So now we do ultra high temperature pasteurizing, which kills all the good bacteria, damages all the proteins and fats. And then we homogenize it because we're too lazy to shake it up when it separates. And the homogenation process, it destroys the, the dairy. So the typical dairy on the market really is junk food and you should avoid it. That, so we have two, okay. two confusing issues with dairy. One, some people aren't going to handle it well. Two, we have destroyed the quality of the dairy in this country. And then we went to low fat. If you were going to consume dairy, and for a lot of people, it, I consume dairy. So I'm certainly not going to say I don't. Um, I try to buy really good, high-quality cheeses, um, always good, high-quality milk. The best milk we could drink on the market right now, if you can find it, it's really difficult to find. If you can find a farm somewhere that has A2 cows, most um, dairy on the market is the A1 protein, and humans don't handle that protein well. A2 dairy comes from different breeds of cows. 
And we handle A2 dairy much better. Uh, Goat's milk is A2 dairy. So if we wanted the healthiest dairy we could get, it would be A2 raw. And that would be a healthy dairy product. It wouldn't cause inflammation. It's got lots of good healthy fats and nutrients. Um, The A2 protein, much easier to digest. And we have found a lot of people, myself included, I was pretty dairy intolerant my whole life. Um, Now, all of a sudden, I'm not. Part of it is probably I try to consume higher quality dairy, but part of it is I think my body is much stronger and more resilient than it used to be. And dairy just, there's no negative side effects for me. Now, things like butter, butter is almost non-reactive in everybody. Um, We've taken a bunch of stuff out of the dairy to get to the butter, and that seems to be very non-reactive. Cultured dairy, like yogurt, has really been proven to to have a lot of health benefits. But again, we want to start with the healthiest quality dairy we can get. Here's the other thing I will say. If you, I think everybody should try for two weeks to a month, two weeks to 30 days or so, cut dairy out of your life and see how you feel. And if you feel better, then leave it out. Nobody has to eat dairy. It's not a requirement. And and if it's, if you feel better without it, then don't eat it. Yeah, I've noticed the difference. The next question is, my wife loves cottage cheese. Yeah, so... Did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Interestingly enough, it seems like, you know, we're always saying don't eat processed food, that kind of stuff. This seems to be the one exception. And I'm not talking about heavily processed dairy, all those things I talk about that destroy it. But if we take good quality dairy to start with, when we make yogurt out of it, which is a, a process, we're processing it, it gets more healthful. When we turn it into cheese and butter, it actually gets more healthful. The one thing about dairy, start with good quality, process it into these other products, and it actually becomes better. Okay. Awesome. I think that's it. I've just noticed that a big difference in how I feel Good. cutting dairy out. So yep. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, I would. Like I said, there, there's, there's nothing in dairy that you can't get in other foods. So if you like dairy and you tolerate it and you're getting good quality, keep doing it. If you're feeling better without dairy, that's good too. Yep, that's my plan. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's head off to... Florida this time. Matt, welcome to the program. Matt, are you there? Huh, well, that's weird. My phone lines are acting up a little bit uh, today. I'm going to put Mac, Matt back in the queue. Uh, and let me try another line and see what's going on here. Let's go to Virginia. Danny, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Um, ah, quite a few things. Did you see my post? Uh, Dr. Barry said he's going to a big truck show, but he didn't say. <laughs> I think he said Louisville. Well, if, if, he's, if he's going to a truck show, it almost have to be Louisville. I mean, really, there aren't that many truck shows left these well, days. The, the only big one is Louisville, and he lives 
you know, fairly close. So that would be the logical show. Well, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not um, going to be there this year. I, uh, oh, well. I'm going to have to make a trip to Oregon sometime. There you go. Stop in. Yeah. All right. The last jumper you get, I want to give my opinion on old versus new. Okay. And it, what, what, when you got um, Henry and uh, Joel on there and they're talking about their trucks, what they do is impressive. You know, 10 plus miles per gallon, and you can't really argue that. If we take the fuel mileage out of the equation, just for the discussion here, I would still rather be driving a late 90s classic like a Peterbilt 379. I've owned several of them. I like those. Again, that's my opinion. But these new trucks, like I've got a 770, it's an 03. It's nice. There's a lot of room. A lot of it's wasted room. Unless you're a team and you need all that extra space, but since I'm running by myself, but it, a lot of that technology that they talk about, you know, you, you get in the truck, new, even cars and pickups are the same way, and I, I really don't care for anything new of those, so it isn't just a semi-truck thing. You've got LCD screens, you've got the navigation display in the center of the dash, you, everything... My sister's husband's got a 2021 Dodge pickup. I drove it uh, last year. and It's nice with the Hemi and all that, but they're just way too much crap in these things. You wonder why people get distracted driving because you got all these different knobs and buttons and screens, and if you're trying to look for something when you're driving, the- I, I still prefer the older... You know, late 90s, early 2000s, to me, it's just uh, it's just my preference. Well, that's good. It's a good Did thing we still have them. Yeah, it, and, you know, just like cars, we'll be able to keep our old trucks just about as long as we want. You know, you, you can always find a way if that's what you decide to do. You know, there, there's a couple things about all the junk that's in cars and vehicles today. Part of it is because people spend so much damn time. You know, the average commute now is insane to me when you think about how much time people waste sitting in their car getting back and forth to work. But because of that, they want all the comforts and all the technology, and, and this is never going to stop. This is going to keep going. You know, there was a time when people said, well, all that crap is just more stuff to break. I I would disagree with that because it doesn't seem to break. I mean, I have a a 15, 16-year-old vehicle that has a lot of that technology on it. It's been around a long time. I didn't take care of this thing at all, and nothing has ever broke on it. So I don't buy the thing that when you have all that stuff, it breaks. It, It really doesn't. I will go along with you that the new touch screens in vehicles with multi-layered menus is ignorant. They, it, it, put it in there if you want. Turn it off when the vehicle is moving. The, the idea that people are going through multiple menus to try to find something on their screen while they're driving is just insane. 
You know, the, the difference there yeah, is a, a, a physical button on your dash that does something, the radio dial, whatever it is. Most reasonably intelligent adults can reach over and hit all those buttons in their vehicle without even looking. Or if they have to look, it's a half a second. But you start with these menus, and before you know it, you've been staring at that screen for 10 or 15 seconds trying to figure out what you're looking for. Yep. Yeah, I I think the new, I'm in a lot of truck groups, and I see a lot of people complaining about different things. And I, uh, the newer Peterbilts, they got a you know an LCD instrument cluster and digital readouts and stuff. And I see a lot of people complaining that they they they, they go blank. Well, if that's and the case, then I'll like, say what? this: then go to another manufacturer. Because that's not typical. We've had these screens in vehicles for a long oh, time. Oh, I know. I, so so yeah. it, that would be no different I, I than me saying, I'm, God, I, every time I buy this kind of truck, my wheel seals are constantly a problem. Well, well then don't buy that truck anymore. So I, I, they can complain about the stuff breaking all they want. I, I don't think that's the case. Certainly hasn't been my experience. But I will agree with the distraction factor. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing, too. You know, a lot of people, they like all that room and the big walk-in sleep. And, and I do, too. It's nice. But having, like, you know, the Peterbilt's got the narrow dash. I've owned W9s, too. I like them, but I, I, I would take the 379 or a 377. I've had a couple of those, and they're somewhat aerodynamic, but... Uh, you know, and unless you're spending a lot of time sitting somewhere, if you're just out running, and remember, I'm not running a hundred and sixty something thousand like Matt <laughs> uh, right. a year. I do about eighty five or ninety, and I'm home a lot more, so I don't need all that big correct sleeper open walk around you know apartment because you know it's just extra weight and pulling a flatbed. You're trying to put 48,000 on here and you got, well, here. so that's, you know, I, I look at things a little different. I'm still kind of more old school and, you know, I don't, a new truck for somebody running a lot of miles, maybe a team, you know, Joel's truck's got a lot of room, but it, it's just not. Not to mention the, that, you know, two hundred something thousand, which is insane right. for a new truck. Well, that that's the beauty <laughs> of a good capitalistic free market system. When it works, we get lots of choices. We don't have to compromise. You don't yep. have to buy the same truck somebody else buys. You can buy a truck that fits your operation and what you like. Yeah, I know. That's like I said. I just. I don't, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just, you know, my, my choice, if I was to go out, you know, if I had to pick one truck, nothing else, I would probably take a, a, a set forward axle three, seven, seven, like I used to have and just build one of those up. And I like the ride. I like the, the handling. I like the cab the way it is. And, you know, again, it's just, my opinion. There you go. We all have them. And uh, I, I agree, though, that um, I, I love having choice. I, I feel like it, our, our supply system, one of the topics I covered on my commentary is shortages again. 
you know, uh, when our our economy is is crashing, our free market is no longer much of a free market, and we will start to lose those kinds of choices. I like it when we have lots of options. Um, I'm going to stick with the calls here. We're going to go to Florida. Matt, we got you this time? Yeah, sorry about that. There you are. My customer called right at the same time with the back end of the dock. Well, there you go. (laughs) Got to take care of the customer. Um, That's right. Um, So actually, I can add to this last guy's, I think I want to reword what he might have been trying to say because I completely agree with them. I wish we had the option to order a brand new truck without all this technology on it. Oh, I do too. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I also understand why we can't because that's a whole nother assembly line, a whole different list of parts. Yeah. You know, think, (laughs) think about it. It, it. The trend has been the opposite. We get far less choice. I Go back to when I started, then when you started, you could buy almost any truck on the market with almost any engine on the market, with almost any transmission on the market, with different differentials if you wanted them. You could pick the seat. You could choose almost everything on the truck. That's not the case anymore. You don't get to do that. You buy the truck the way it is. Nope. We can at least still spec things a little bit, you know, rear end and transmission more so than we do with cars. But I can see it getting to the point, and honestly, I don't like it, but it will probably get to the point where understanding how to spec a truck won't even be a thing anymore. And I think Volvo may lead this. You'll walk into Volvo and describe your operation and they'll say, okay, you want this build. Or if your operation is this, okay, then you want this this model and this build, right? You won't even be specking things at some point, I believe. Um, In a way, I guess that's good. It makes the whole industry more efficient, but I don't like it because it takes away a competitive advantage that some people have today understanding how to spec a truck right and they can do better because of that so i hate to see that go away yep and then same thing i'm in the well i'm not in the process i I, i'm looking and reluctantly because the prices are insane for a newer pickup yeah (laughs) and i mean i could go brand new but you know the prices there's just no way but like he was saying with the people having problems there's no way i'd buy a a 21 or newer model that may become an issue right you know something built before covid Uh, yeah that's another good point issue and all that yeah this this could be changing and since i drive an 04 currently you know (laughs) it doesn't take me a whole lot to upgrade quite a bit (laughs) exactly right you could buy a 10 year old car and it's still a huge upgrade yep (laughs) so yeah um, interesting the reason for my call today is uh talking about the stock market and i made a post on trucking tribe yesterday oh hey let me go back to something i had a Um, thought while you were talking i want to go back to it before we get off the vehicle thing so we know the price of vehicles over the last couple years has been extremely volatile cars trucks everything went through the roof um talking you know i have a 
16-year-old vehicle, and the value on it was almost what I paid for it 16 years ago. I mean, it, it went through the roof. We know that happened everywhere. Then it started to crash and come back down. I just posted something. Um, I, I follow a guy that's actually a, a car dealer, and he has been posting that for some reason. He has no idea why. He can't figure it out. He's a car dealer. He's in this industry. This is what he, he does. He said in the last couple of weeks, he can't buy a car at auction because the prices have gone through the roof again at the auction. Why? What is really? that all about? That makes no sense yeah, to me at all right now. With everything going on in the economy, why would that happen? You know, there's uh, two Ritchie Brothers auction sites that I drive by. You know, so this is more construction, but yeah. they got plenty of semis and trailers. Um, well, there's three I drive by. I don't pay attention to one in St. Louis too much, but they're just over full with stuff. So the auctions are going to be huge. I have no idea, you know, price-wise what they're doing, but well, you would they're, think they're moving stuff that, either that, way. <laughs> that's logical to me that there's a lot of equipment. When things were booming, that, those yards were empty. We talked about it. It all makes sense, except for this car dealer posting that just in the last two weeks, the cars at auction have gone crazy on the price. I don't understand that. Yeah, because the, so, the dealership lots are... Somebody said something and and inventory. I I don't know if this could be it or not. Man, I certainly hope not. But somebody said it's just the time of year dealers are are loading up on cars because people are getting tax refunds. (laughs) Could that be it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's that's huge. That I mean, how sad manufacturer it runs tax return sales how, how sad this time of year. that is true yeah <laughs> that is yeah that is our society unbelievable uh, the only way you can afford to save enough money for a down payment on a used car which is what we're talking about here used cars is to let the government save your money for you and give it back to you at the end of the year <laughs> how sad yeah yeah um, one other thing I just heard too, um, insurance companies, is it Hyundai and Kia or I don't, oh, yeah. I don't even know They're gonna drop car them. models, but it's, it's those just, two. Yeah. Yeah. Hyundai State and Kia. Farm and Progressive are, yep, are dropping in. <laughs> that just blows my mind. I, how they can even get away with that. But so what I don't understand, uh, I, I, and I, didn't go dig into the numbers, but I might because I'm kind of interested in this. You know, for years, I, I just because I read so much and um, I always come across the list of cars that are most stolen. And they maintain that list every year. Honda was has been on the top of that list so many times. And of the one car I've had stolen in my lifetime, it was a Honda. Uh, it was my son's, and it was just sitting there. They stole it right out of our driveway in Orlando. It's the only car I've ever had stolen. Um, Honda was always at the top of that list. And now all of a sudden, Kia and Hyundai, are the insurance companies are saying, we're not even going to insure these cars because they get stolen too often because they don't have some of the newer technology. You know, the, the smart keys, if the key isn't around, there's no way this thing's going to start. They haven't 
changed over to that technology yet. But 10 years ago, there were thousands of cars that didn't have that technology and you insured them then. Yeah. Well, well, I, and, I don't know, even understand the- that. All cars today are harder to steal than they have been in the past. But just because these two manufacturers haven't moved on to this technology, you're going to stop covering them? You know what it's going to do? I think it's really short-sighted on their part. There will be insurance companies that will insure these things. So go to somebody else and don't ever go back to that company that after you bought a car, they decide they're not going to insure those models. Yeah, and I haven't read anything. Are they actually dropping customers, yeah, I, or are they just saying they will not sign any new ones? Right. But it, but even then, I mean, who would ever think? Well, yeah, either check, way, right, I would leave, who, yeah. Who would ever think to check, are they going to insure this car if I buy it? Nobody would do that because they've always insured any car you bought. And I guess I don't know, you know, the economy models of cars. Don't they? I would assume they all have it, whether or not it's turned on. But basically, satellite tracking, in you some would, shape or form. You would think so, and and if they don't, um, they should because it's dirt cheap these days. It's insane not to have something like that. Yeah, and that's why you know the theft of higher end vehicles has almost disappeared because of that. Well, you know, a lot of people uh, steal the car. You know, they know where it's at. (laughs) Right. Uh, A lot of people don't realize that for over a decade now um, that I've been aware of, all of these buy here, pay here, we finance everybody lots, they've been putting trackers on their cars forever. Oh, yeah. Because the minute you don't make your payment, they know where it is. They just come get it. Yep. Uh, so, should we move on to investing? Yeah, let's. <laughs> okay, so we've talked before about people that think they can time the market versus just dollar cost averaging. Yep. So, I wonder how many people that think they can time the market realize that it bottomed out four months ago. <laughs> So I'm assuming yeah. they all put their money back in the market back in October. You would think if they were good market timers, you would think they would have, but I'll yep. bet they didn't. You know, we, we've talked yep. about this forever. So, market timing has never been a good idea, but I can't think of a worse time in history than to try to market time than right now. Well, yeah, because I don't, you know, just because that's the lowest right now doesn't mean that we may not still go lower. I know, think we will. In the near future, but oh, I, 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 I don't yeah, think I we do. have even come close to a bottom on the market. But just the only thing I looked up was the S and P five hundred, and that was October thirteenth, and I did this on Tuesday's closing numbers, so I. I think it went down a couple points yesterday, but from October 13th till Tuesday, you would have had 19 and a quarter percent return on your money. Wow. Oh, 
That's the kind of stuff that makes people think they should market time. That's where we get fooled. We yep. look backwards. We say, oh, my God, look what happened. If we would have just gotten out of the market and then got back in, we would have made a killing. You're right. You would have. But try to find somebody on that Tuesday who could have absolutely predicted that the market was going to do this. Nobody would have predicted that. Well, yeah, because the other thing they needed to know was January 3rd of last year, 2022, was the peak. That was the day you needed to sell everything and hold it until October and put it back in. If we could market time, if we were, if we had enough intelligence or we could predict somehow, it, 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 it's so complicated to try to predict. It'd be like saying, I, my retirement plan is I'm just going to play the market or the, the uh, lottery because I can predict what the numbers are going to be. Yeah. No, you can't. Not until they come out. And that's kind of what this market timing is. Everybody looks back and says, oh, look, we should have gotten out of the market. <laughs> yeah, but you can't know that the day nope. before. Hey, yeah, you could look at the lottery numbers and say, look, number 12 has come up the last three drawings. So <laughs> let's pick 12. And, this is um, and it doesn't come up this week. <laughs> this is way off topic, but I, I just said something that triggered this thought. And I, I remembered I wanted to talk about this, but I didn't write it down anywhere. Um, remember, we were talking about the book one second after. That was my favorite, you know, apocalypse kind of EMP book. Seemed really real, realistic, had a lot of, you know, good facts in there. Um, Newt Gingrich, was it Newt Gingrich? One of the politicians here recently uh, mentioned well, that book. Oh, okay. In, in a well, serious sense. that book sense, was written not, by a general. Yeah, he's like a military historian, too, I think. Yeah, um, or, yeah, I shouldn't say general. Yeah, I don't know I don't, what his title was. I, I think he's a military. I think he's a professor, actually, and he's a military historian. Um, so it was really factual. There was a lot of, you know, good detail in there. But it, the book is is pretty out there. I mean, one second after refers to the fact that if an EMP goes off, and, and EMPs, if you don't know what they do, um, it's pretty devastating. Um, they can explode a nuclear weapon high up in the atmosphere. I mean, it, the, the, the explosion we won't even know happens. There, we're in no danger from them exploding the weapon. We, we may not even know it occurred, but it creates this huge wave of electricity that will just fry circuits, everything, transformers, cars, watches, your phone. I mean, Part of the problem with this is we don't know exactly what EMPs will do because we can't really test them. There was some really, really limiting, limited testing done a long time ago. But we're pretty sure it would be devastating to the electrical grid. We could lose it completely, and they are claiming it could take us years to build it back. We'd have no power system. I mean, that, that's like worst-case scenario is somebody exploding an EMP over any part of our country. And the book, the, the one second after, refers to the fact that if you weren't prepared before it happened, one second after it happens is too late. You'll never be able to get prepared. 
You know, it, it's a pretty wild out there scenario. But when you have current day politicians referencing that book and not, you know, as a good read, as, you know, a novel, they're, they're saying this could happen. And then the Chinese spy balloon, there were some thoughts that they could have dropped a big enough atomic weapon off of something like that to cause an EMP. Oh, yeah. I believe the size of them has come down so much. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that big. Just even, yeah, you know, the, the size of the bomb they dropped on Hiroshima, today that exact same size would be 100 times more powerful. Right. Or you can make I mean, one 100 insane, times you know? smaller yeah. that has that amount of power. Yeah, so I, I just thought yeah, that, that was that there's was three interesting. books in that series. Yeah, right. Yeah, he went on and, people, and very good read, all of them. Well, it was so well written. Part of the problem with all the EMP apocalypse books that are on the market is they're written by a bunch of hacks that don't really know how to write. It's a good topic. You just can't then, seem yeah, to get a serious um, author to write about it. Yeah. Well, because you get labeled a, <laughs> a uh, doomsday prepper. Yeah, a lunatic. Uh, yeah, doomsday prepper. You know, <laughs> right. yeah, different stuff. But then, I know, and I know you've read this one too, talking about the electric grid itself, and not not talking about it. Uh, was that theoretically? But that um, was one of the journalists. Was that uh, Ted Dan Rather? Koppel? Co- Ted Koppel. That's who it was, right? Ted Koppel. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, but that one was scary. Again, here is a traditional journalist, not some blogger. I mean, I thought it was pretty brave of him to even write that. Um, but he wrote a really yep. good book, factual, about our electrical grid in this com- country. Now, one way to take out the electrical grid is with an EMP. But there are lots of other ways. Um, it, just recently, there are several cases – Right here, where I live, we produce our own power. The dam, you've been to it. It's about a mile down the river from us. They had terrorists trying to shoot out transformers. And there were a couple in North Carolina. Well, a couple in, attacks on, on, you know, small kind of attacks on the power grid. There, there is a theory that between the, the fact that our entire power grid is accessible through the Internet... And we know that many, many other countries have broken into it and are in there poking around. I mean, we know it. We, we see them in there. The, the North Koreans, the Iranians, the, the Chinese, they've been in our electrical grid messing around with it. And we know that it's vulnerable. They believe that between that, and I, he talked about this a lot in the book, between one big attack on the grid through the internet and a bunch of little attacks at actually substations where they're just taking rifles and shooting out transformers. They said that it, it wouldn't be hard yeah. to take out our entire grid. That's what blew my mind in Ted Koppel's book, that these the really, really big transformers, I mean, the very high voltage, nothing is uniform. No, they're custom built. We don't built. have any spare parts. 
They're, yeah, everyone is custom built. There, a lot and, of them are different voltages, so and none of even, them. I mean, it, it's amazing how complicated. And none of them are custom built in this country. Germany seems to have that market. Not anymore. Yep. Right. Yeah. So they, they figure, yeah, if, if one big one was taken out, it'd be years, at least a year, probably right. two years to bring it back. Two online. years to get that that station and back that's online. If that's if we're talking, you know, a one one event thing, right? You know, if we're talking a <laughs> right a mass if, event of multiple, <laughs> it could screwed. be years, right? Could be years. Yep. You know, this is this is one of the reasons, and I know when you t- start talking about this, people um, think you're just a lunatic. In fact, I'm I'm a little worried. I saw a post today that uh, said I got some sort of a big shout out on out on Coast to Coast AM. That worries me a little. What the hell's oh, that boy. all about? I know. <laughs> what the hell's that all about? Uh, it. it <laughs> This is one of the reasons, though, I like the direction we're going with electric, and I hope we can get there. I like the direction Elon Musk has that, you know, every house should be its own little power station. We don't need a giant connected grid. Yeah, and that's what's the the saddest part about, like, you've talked about with the whole solar issue and the government being involved, because I've done the same thing. I've looked into it thought about building completely off-grid, but realized that's probably not cost-effective. And it's all um, a scam. At least not yet today, None of but, these solar companies yeah, are serious about building good solar systems. They're just serious about getting all the damn tax credits. Yeah. It's so bad. I don't trust yeah. anybody Hopefully. in the whole industry, so I just kind of put that project on the side. I don't know what to do right now. I don't want to go buy solar panels from anybody. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I still believe at some point in the future, it'll be, and I don't know solar, because solar is not as great as people make it out to be. No, you know, definitely there's, there's not. Too it, much it would be better. Green energy talk around it. If we would have gotten well, the yeah, government it, out of it 30 years ago, it'd be way more advanced now. I have a feeling it's going to be a combination of multiple ways of gathering energy. And that's, I think, the best thing for Correct. Yep. our country, the well, society, whatever you want to call it, human population is, yeah, it, like Joel Salatin was talking and south africa they're you know they're they're burning biomass just to run a generator yeah because that's what they have that's it when the the system falls apart so if you don't have multiple options you're you're stuck with one you're you're kind of screwed when that option goes away you know just just five years ago certainly 10 years ago we wouldn't have been talking about this but we now know that our grid is weak and vulnerable and it's getting worse not better We're, we're starting to have problems um, that third world countries have. Part shortages, food shortages. Oh, yeah. This is insane. Well, hopefully that is what you were mentioned for on Coast to Coast is talking about prepping your own food. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. That makes sense. That, yeah, that, that, that would be a good thing. 
Oh, you know, another uh, a topic I, that hasn't come up a lot, this is more of a health-related topic, but uh, I forgot how crazy people get about this one. I, I saw a post, and it was about these tables in Japanese restaurants where there's a little slot there on the table, and you drop your phone down into the slot, and a cover goes over, and the infrared or the ultraviolet light comes on, and it sanitizes your phone. Um, they're right there on, oh, on phone soap or something, something like it's like phone soap. That's a company, right? It, yeah. So I've these heard, are, yeah, I've heard the name. These are I've built heard. right into the table. And I, I responded, I said, well, this is just ignorant. We have to stop all this hyper sanitizing of everything. That's what makes us sick and weakens our immune system. People lost their mind. And they still are. I, I've, I haven't gotten any kind of a response on anything I've posted like this. And most of it is not good. It's kind of hilarious. Oh, well, do you wipe your ass after you shit? <laughs> the comments are ridiculous. Are people really this afraid of germs? I, let, they, people are like, oh, don't you know your phone is the filthiest thing around? It's filthier than your toilet. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. I don't really care. I don't care how filthy it is. That doesn't matter to me. Let's think about this. How long have we been carrying phones around? For me, it's been over 20 years. I've never sanitized yeah, a phone. Oh, yeah, the 90s. And oh, I can promise years. you this, yeah. in the last eight years, I've never been sick. Well, I was once last year. I shouldn't say that. Um, but if, if this phone was so filthy, I'd be sick all the time, wouldn't we? If your phone is that dirty, yeah. that it's causing disease, why isn't everybody... Well, a lot of people are sick because they have a weak immune system, and this is going to make it worse. But people lost their mind. They're like, you filthy, oh, that's disgusting, and that phone was in the toilet with you, and people read their phones on the toilet all the time. Yeah, I know, I get that. People read books in there, too, and magazines. Do we sanitize those? Why are people so terrified of this? Babies have no complete immune system. Toddler babies, infants have a really incomplete immune system. They are far more vulnerable than we are. And what do we do? We put them on the floor, the dirtiest surface anywhere, and everything they pick up goes into their mouth. They're training their immune system. That's the point of it. Why do we forget that? And I would assume that's why we're designed. Babies have a higher body temperature. It, right. To help protect them while their immune system is being built. And you know what? It works yeah. really well. If we just leave it alone Bacteria and stop giving work. babies all these vaccinations and stop hyper sanitizing everything, we would all have reasonably good immune systems and we wouldn't be worried about pandemics. So, um, I guess well, we got one more thing back to there, investing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <but> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a free-for-all. Um, uh, yeah, I've had, you know, messages that I should come on more often to bring up investing and all that, and I try. Unfortunately, you know, it's. I'd like to get the conversation rolling so that I know. people would come with I, questions. Yeah. Because... 
I don't know where to start a conversation if, you know, I don't know what people are interested in. Right. Um, so one tip I'll give today that is the biggest one, nobody knows where to start or how to start or, you know, which, whatever, however. And the biggest thing is just start. That's it. I mean, whether you can go to your local bank and start up, you know, a, a small savings account to start. Yep. Whatever your pay period is, if you know, if you get a check every two weeks or every week or however you're set up, whether it's ten bucks or twenty bucks, whatever you can afford, just every check put something away. Yes. And over time, you build that up, but you know, eventually, you want to open a brokerage account with somewhere where you can put it in the stock market and and well, not yeah, in, individual stocks, but mutual funds. Know. You know, unfortunately, when you give this kind of good, basic, simple advice, which is exactly the right advice, just get started. This is one of those cases where I would absolutely say use the philosophy of ready, fire, aim. Get ready. I mean, do a little bit of work up front, but not a whole lot. And then just pull the trigger and get something going. And then you can fix it afterwards. Because if you wait around to think, you know, when when it's going to be the perfect time to invest, there's no such thing. It's never going to happen. The perfect time is right now. The even better time was yesterday, but you already missed that. So, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like. Vanguard is a very popular one. T. Rowe Price, Fidelity. I mean, they're all, you know, in, in probably a hundred different ones, but the big ones. Instead of getting started with something nice Go and ahead. simple, people will call me and ask me about double split, you know, option trades. I like what? Everybody wants this, you know, big big secret they saw Jim Cramer talking about or something, and they've never even really just put together a basic savings plan. Yeah, so I have actually a couple different accounts, but Vanguard is one of them that I am the most familiar with. And I, you know, we recommend S and P index, S and P five hundred index. Yeah, which at Vanguard is a three thousand dollar minimum buy-in. Is it okay? So you could open an account today. You may not be able to put the money into that, but you can open your brokerage account. I don't know what their minimums might be. To start an account, I'm sure it's probably at least two to five hundred dollars. Maybe there, maybe it's even less than that. I don't know, but even just a regular money market account, and just start putting money in there until you have three thousand. Right. Then you move it, and once you've opened the account, you don't need to buy three thousand at a time. You could do that twenty dollars a week. Absolutely. Yeah. Once you've made the initial purchase, the the minimum to get in. Yep. And that, I mean, every one of them, I think there's even options, you know, set up automatic investments. I think you could even set up a daily. I think so. I know so. for sure you can do weekly or biweekly or monthly or, you know, however you want, but I'm, I think you can even do daily. I think so. Uh, some of the new apps, you know, I, I absolutely like some of the new apps around investing. I like the technology if it's being used by somebody who understands investing. The problem is 
they're getting put in the hands of people who don't have a savings account, know nothing about money, can't balance their own checkbook, and they're going to start investing with this app. And the app makes it so easy. Um, That I see as a problem. So when we say just jump in and get started, like I said, ready, fire, aim, not fire, ready, aim. We, we need to get a little ready. And a little ready is some basic knowledge that you should not be buying individual stocks. Okay. And all these apps encourage all of that. Yeah. Now you can buy partial shares. And I, I think that's uh, a mistake, actually. But these apps are really nice if you've got good you know, yep. good basic investing knowledge. They make things really easy. And like you said, I believe now you could even set up a daily automatic investment. Yep. And oh, I forgot my train of thought right there. But uh, I mean, even Vanguard, they've made it simple. They, they still have some things that are kind of convoluted. But right. I know one of our sons, you know, he did it all on his phone a couple of years ago after he turned 18 sitting on the couch, we were talking about it and just on his phone, opened up an account and set something up. Yeah. Um, probably the hardest part is, you know, actually that's not hard anymore. You're a checking or savings account. They just do a verification. You, you don't have to scan in avoided check or anything anymore. You just give them the routing number and the account number and they make like a, a random, you know, 15 or 20 cent deposit. Once right. that's in there, you, that's how you verify the account. Yep. So that's, it's, it's much easier than people think if you just, <laughs> just put a little effort into it and, and get it going. And then over time you, you keep adding what you can afford and, you know, 20 years down the road, it really, really adds up to something. It does. And that's the only way to get started. You just have to get started. Yep. Yeah, don't you don't need to wait to have that three thousand dollars to buy into not at all a certain mutual fund. Just, right. Just, Put it just in the start with the account. money market and, yep. and build up. Yep. Which by the way, my local bank that I have savings account with and I have I decided I have too much money in there. Okay. Because they're still only paying me 0.2% interest. Holy cow. And then what are they waiting for? Money market or Federal Reserve, whatever it is with Vanguard, is at 4.3%. Which is about where it should be so right now. Guess yeah. where, so guess where I just moved all my cash <laughs> money? That's right. It's no longer at my local bank. It's at Vanguard, even though it's, it's still... A money market is just a savings account. It's Correct. Not invested. You can't lose it. Right. But it 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 pays the the market rate. So. Yep, I agree. Yeah, it, it, and then that adds up. It does. It does. All right, Matt. Good stuff. The calls are piling up on me. Time to move along. We're going to go to Florida. Paul, welcome to the program. Out of um, out of region, just about. So. Yeah. <sighs> Well, what's on your mind um, today? Well, I went down to a repair shop to get some repairs done to my trailer. And uh, I finally got out of there today, but um, the trash truck rolled in this morning to pick up the dumpster. And he's like, move that truck out of the way for me. Okay. So I was Peterbilt and I hopped in and, oh, hell. 
It didn't have a shifter, and I only had two pedals. <laughs> so, I've, I've never had an automatic 18-wheeler before, so I built up air pressure, and, I, well, I guess I just pushed the button. So pushed the button and backed it up out of the way, so then the trash guy pulled up, and he he picked up the dumpster, but I did notice he had the Michelin wide base singles, the 445, 50 on the steer axle he had six tires on that truck and they were all the same oh really yeah wide base singles wow yeah oh that'd be interesting but it's probably got a 20 it probably got a twenty thousand pound front axle so. probably yeah and uh, i yeah. imagine they, they they'd probably get pretty heavy up the front with all that i think they need all that, that yeah yeah so but one of the reasons that well, I, I drive an old classic Peterbilt, well, classic styling, 389, yeah. 388. But one of the reasons I like Joel's truck is the 15 and a half miles a gallon he got the other day. <laughs> yeah. Do that. You you wouldn't even do that in a Peterbilt if you were air draft, drafting along behind Joel's truck, I don't think. No. Well, no, wouldn't yeah. happen. But... Um, you would, you were talking about uh, car prices. Yeah, uh, January, I did. I didn't leave Texas and Oklahoma. I, everything I did January was Texas, Oklahoma. Well, the one of the dealers I was going to down there in Edinburgh, their dealership was fairly full. Well, he had plenty of pickup trucks, and they had big riding across the front windshield, $7,500 off MSRP Dodge Ram pickup trucks, whereas a couple of years ago, it was $7,500 above MSRP. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I don't know. So I just thought it was odd. Really quickly. Yeah, that, that, that one you dealer is seeing that at auctions. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't really follow the used market. I don't do any right. of that. So, so, so I'm going back to West Point, Georgia, to pick up a load going to Oklahoma. That a couple of years ago they were paying five fifty and six and six twenty a mile. Today it's only paying four fourteen a mile. That's a big Same change. Load. Yeah. So, but I've been pretty spoiled in January. Because I was over there in Texas doing that, I was just under three dollars a mile at fifty percent empty for ten and a half thousand miles. So I was pretty happy in January. Oh yeah. And then I came back over here. And it's, yeah. So, but I can't control the rate. But the the six dollar a mile stuff over there in Texas, they can only fit so many of them on the boat. Well, it ran out. So. I'm back over here now, so yeah, life continues. There you go. So that's all I got today. All right, that's all I need. Thanks for the call. We're gonna head to Illinois. Jerry, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I called with two related things, and now I've got a third thing. I want to follow through on that guy that really liked these older trucks. I think it's a prime example of how diverse. The trucking industry really is. He 
said the bigger cabs is just a waste of space, and I've got one of the biggest cabs on the market <laughs> in an old Kenworth T2000. Hell, I don't have enough room. I practically, I, by choice, I practically live in the truck, and hell, I wish I had more room. My God, the stuff I carry with me and supplies and stuff, holy cow, I wish I had more room. You know, I was going to say that, that there are people out there that could absolutely, they would want more room. We almost, when, when Lisa and I travel in the RV, when we did it full-time in the coach, we kind of had a rule. When we were on the road, and, and we were on the road for three years, uh, if you wanted to buy something new of any size, you know, anything, you know, bigger than a loaf of bread, you had to figure out what you were going to get rid of if you wanted to buy something new. There was just no space left. You see every bit of space <laughs> well, you could use. Well, that's about where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I just, and I, I mean, all the parts and tools and supplies and <laughs> right. good grief. Right. I just can't imagine having a smaller cab. I, I really can't. So, all right, on to the reason I called. I want to follow through. I called you yesterday and asked about that 100-year heart. And I want to just uh, let folks know that you're exactly right, but I am absolutely flabbergasted. When I went on that site and registered for that, you get the full download, transcripts, and a whole bunch of other stuff for $97. Right. That is nuts, low. <laughs> yes, it is. Nuts. Yes, it is. I know. That, I it, can't it, imagine anybody doing the free version without going ahead and getting There's a cheaper version that you don't. I think $59, you just get the download and transcripts, but for 97 you get, hell, I don't know, our cookbook and I don't know what it is. Three or four other little stuff. access things for right. $97. Hell, I'll drop that on a meal sometimes. Just nothing. So I think everybody, I would encourage everybody that uh, that does register to go ahead and at least get one of the packages so you have access to it at a later date. Yeah, it, there is just so much good information in this. It, uh, it, we really love this model that we've done the stacks in the past that people loved. Right. Um, this we may put on our own summit. So then we would what it, it, and if we do a summit, it will probably be on my stress protocol because I really haven't said there's lots. There of good, you go. There's lots of good summits that happen all the time on keto and carnivore and all kinds of things. I, I haven't found a really good program on stress, and I think I have one now. I just have to finish it. Uh, but that may be our first attempt at doing our own summit, and then we would go out and recruit. Dr. Wolfson and, you know, other practitioners to be a part of ours. All right. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.